You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon. Today, we're here to celebrate Farrah Penn's uh, debut novel. <laughs> you didn't see that, Farrah. They did that on their own. They did that on their own. They're so happy for you. Farrah Penn was born and raised in a suburb in Texas, in, in Texas that's far from the big city, but close enough to Whataburger. She now resides in L.A. with her gremlin dog and succulents. When she's not writing books, she can be found writing things for BuzzFeed and sending texts that contain too many emojis. Twelve Steps to Normal is her first novel. She'll be joined um, uh, with uh, Nicola Yoon. Uh, she's the number one New York Times bestseller of The Sun is Also a Star and Everything Everything, which is now a major motion picture. She's from Brooklyn and Jamaica, but she lives right here in Los Angeles. Please welcome Nicola Yoon and Farris Sparapen. Hello, thank you for coming. Congratulations, Farah. Thank you, Nicola. <laughs> All right, so Farah's a little nervous, so you guys are going to promise to ask lots of questions after I'm done with mine, right? Because it's really the best part of all of these events is when the audience participates and sort of chats with us at the end, okay? So put her out of her misery, <laughs> ask us questions, okay? All right, so. 12 Steps to Normal has debuted to lots of critical praise, including a starred review from Kirkus, who called it a smart recommendation for readers looking to escape into a substantive world of personal discovery. It was also a junior library guild selection. Congratulations. Thank you. Alright, so why don't you give us the big pitch for 12 Steps to Normal? Yeah, so um, 12 Steps to Normal is a YA contemporary novel about a 16-year-old girl named Kira who has been away from home for about a year because um, her father was attending a sober living program and um, she comes back home after a year to uh, live with him again and finds her life has turned upside down. Um, her friends are distant, her ex has moved on and her father has invited these three um, kind of quirky, fun friends from his uh, rehab program to live with them in their house until um, they kind of get back on their feet. And Kira's not happy about any of this, so she decides to come up with her own 12 steps to get her life back to how it was before, and she's convinced that is what will make her happy. So. <laughs> and of course, the best laid of plans, right? Yes. Um, so what was your inspiration for the book? Um, so... <laughs> I guess it was one of those ideas that kind of just came when I was supposed to be working on something else. <laughs> My agent and I were working on another book, and it um, I guess I kind of just wasn't connecting with it, and then I had this other idea, and I was like, I'll just write a little bit of, about that idea. Um, the main idea being, what if a girl has been away from home for a while and her father returns and she comes to live with him and but there are these three strangers like living in her house what happens then and um, after I kind of had that little spark I just kind of started writing and it grew from there 
Wow. So you were in the middle of something else and then this yes. one came to you? It did, right. yeah. So one of the things I always say to like new writers is stick with the idea you're working on because what happens to you is you get sort of attracted to the shiny new idea and you stop writing the thing you're supposed to be writing, you know? Um, but it actually worked out. The opposite for you. <laughs> All right. So that's good. Um, okay. So 12 Steps to Normal deals with a pretty heavy topic, um, parental alcoholism. And one of the things that you hear, um, and especially if you write sort of harder hitting ways, like, is this appropriate for teens? How do you respond to that sort of thing? Um, well, luckily, that hasn't, I haven't hit that wall of criticism yet. Um, but I think I would say it's, it is like a reality for not only teens, but just like people too. Um, and it's a subject matter that I think is kind of like shameful or shied away from or like we don't talk about this but I think it's important to talk about it and important to talk to teens about it so they just they can know if they need to reach out to someone for help or just having that book as like oh I'm not alone right. in the world going yeah. through this um, that this also exists in in world and life. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's so true because I think one of the sort of hallmarks of being a kid too is you think this is the first time it's ever happened to anyone yeah. in the whole history of the universe, yes. right? Um, and one of the things that's so great about books that will address tough topics is, you know, you go, oh, someone else has gone through this, and you know, there's possibly a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. right? So like I think books like this are so important. Um, and the criticism of, like, you know, kids aren't ready for this. Kids are ready for anything. They're mm -hmm. already going through it anyway. So we might as well help them, right? Yes. Yeah. And since you're a seasoned writer, has that been your response to it, too, when you get pushback with yeah, certain I'm topics? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Have you seen the children? <laughs> like, have you seen the world we're living in? I mean, you know, I, I joke about it, but we live in a tough world. Mm -hmm. um, and all this stuff is happening to kids that happens to adults. It's just happening to them for the first time. So it's harder, actually. Yeah. Um, and to get to be a part of that conversation with the kids and say, hey, let's check, you know, let's look at this point of view or, you know, there's hope here. Um, that's the privilege. Yeah. You know, like we get to do it. So that's pretty awesome. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit. <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit about your journey, the publication, how long it took to write, how long it took to find an agent, yeah. how insane has this process been for you? <laughs> it's kind of been bananas, honestly. Um, yeah. I, I feel like... I was lucky enough. I signed with my agent when I was 22. Um, Wait, how old are you now? I'm 28. So oh my it's gosh, been like. She's a baby. <laughs> I it didn't feel like that, you know. Yeah. When you're 22, it's like, all right, I'm ready for my career to start like tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so I had queried a book before I um, got my agent. That didn't land me an agent. I wrote another one, um, which did land me my current agent, who is a dream to this day. And um, it was a young adult dystopian novel, like when The Hunger Games was still big. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be the next big Wait. thing. It's so great. <laughs> can, you, can you tell us about it, or do you not want to tell us about um, it? You know what? I think I've honestly kind of blocked <laughs> out the bad. <laughs> um, I don't really remember. Are there vampires in it? There's there's no vampires. It was um it was just uh, I can't even remember the synopsis. Um but it was yeah, about a girl um living in a world where um like 
medicine stopped working and she had to like go like journey to save there was like a mission I don't I don't really know this was several years ago because I'm like a little rusty on this pitch but I'm sorry I'm asking you to pitch the book no. that you did not right <laughs> It's okay. Um, so I wrote that one. Um, my agent and I cleaned it up. We went on submission with it. Um, I think I was on submission, which is where your agent pitches your book um, to editors, and it's just a lot of waiting. So that w went on, I think, for about nine months, and um, we got really close, but ultimately no bites on it, and so we kind of talked and decided to shelf it. And then, um, luckily, in the meantime, I had been writing another book while that was on submission. So I wrote a YA mystery novel, um, slash a little bit of a thriller, I don't know. And again, kind of the same thing happened. It was almost a year of being on submission, and it just didn't go anywhere. We came close with another editor, but ultimately, it didn't sell, um, which, you know, it was, it's kind of disheartening, um, because when you go on like, social media, and everyone's just talking about their good news, and it's hard not to feel like a failure. Um, and so, I kind of took some time off and decided to just really concentrate on what I wanted to do next. Um, and I wrote like one project and um, wasn't really sure if we were going to move forward with it and then I started writing the other project and my agent had seen um, like a good majority of it um, and that's kind of when it, I decided oh I'm going to write this other book that just kind of came to me which was 12 Steps to Normal and sold in 2016 so between gosh, what was it, 2011 to 2016? Just a journey of lots of rejection. and. So what so. made you keep going? Like, why did you not? Because I feel like so many times it can be hard to, like, you know, persist. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think this sounds a little bit cliche, but whatever, I guess it was true in my opinion, um, or in my experience, that I just, when the idea for 12 Steps Normal hit me, it was like, I was really connecting with it, and it seemed kind of like the book of my heart. You know, it's something that you really get excited to write, um, and you just like feel it. That yes, I want to go home and work on this and just write it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's always the way, right? Yeah. So, okay. Do you feel like those books, the other ones, the not vampire paranormal one <laughs> and the mystery? Do you feel like you could revise them, or are you interested in them at all, or are they permanently sort of in the drawer? Um. That's I've been asked this before. I think my dystopian is just like permanently shelved forever. Um, I don't the mystery one. I don't think I have like a passion to go and work on it. So I don't really. I think in in, the, in that time period, it was like what more than five years. I feel like if with every book I've written, you grow as a writer. So yeah I don't know I guess you just continue to move forward with something new right. yeah my husband likes to say even though I throw out so much writing like nothing is actually wasted right mm -hmm. but yeah you're I'm growing like, are you kidding me that's 40,000 words <laughs> I have not used but that was one of the things I don't know if, if this is your experience too but I used to be so protective of like cutting words and I wouldn't yeah. want to like change anything but now I feel like oh it's just so freeing because if something's not working just like chop it and I don't do you feel that way or very healthy like, yeah. very healthy way to feel about it I mean it hurts sometimes yeah it's right? like seriously like I'm working on I'm on deadline for book three so it's due in like two weeks or something ridiculous and my outtake file 
is 40,000 words. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, the book is going to be like 70,000 words. It's yeah. a lot of words. So, yeah, no, it hurts. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay, tell us a little bit about your writing process. Are you like a cafe person, coffee or tea, music yeah. or no? Um, I think I, I have a little bit of both with um, either cafe or uh, writing at home. I think writing at home, I'm, I'm comfortable and like, yeah, comfortable there. Um, but then there's the temptation of having internet, so it's hard to, like, you know, stay offline and actually focus and get words written. So when what, I'm at what's it... What's your advice? Is it Twitter? Facebook? Like, everything. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Just need to, like... I don't know. What's that app that... Freedom. Yes, I need that. <laughs> You're like, yes, Freedom I know I have it and well. I use it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, it, and especially if it's a cafe that I haven't been to before, or like they have Wi-Fi, I'm like, well, I won't ask for the password and I'll just go there and write and get stuff done because I'm not, you know, online. Um, I am... Early morning, evening, weekend? It's, I am an evening writer, but I would like for you to tell everyone your writing process too because it's like inspiring it is how early do you get up so i mean i out of necessity when i was writing my first book i got up at four because i had a full-time job so i i would write from four to six and i wrote everything everything from four to six a.m over the course of three years um and now i'm just sort of stuck with it it's just one of those things where i can't I get up now, um, and I think I just do it because I'm so exhausted that all my like sort of weird ideas occur to me at four, and I'm That's not. so interesting. <laughs> you know, because you're half asleep, right? So like, and you can't censor yourself really or edit yourself because you're too tired to. Um, and so like, I will really forget what I've written. Like I'll read it at 2 p.m. and I'm like, did I really write that this morning? And I guess so. Um, and now I'm just sort of stuck with it. I can't seem to like, especially for first drafting, I can't seem to get over it. See, and that like inspired me because I was like, maybe I'll be a morning writer. And I tried like getting up at five to write and I was like, I was so tired and miserable. <laughs> like I like barely wrote like a few sentences. It was like this, maybe if I like stuck with it like you did, but yeah. I didn't even last a week. So maybe it's just a matter of sticking with something. You know, I convinced <laughs> um, Marie Lu to do it, and oh my she gosh. does it now. Wow! And she's like, I, my one convert is Marie Lu. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, you're right. You just like yeah. have to it's really just, force yourself yeah. to stick to that routine. Yeah, it's just getting used to it, like anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, have you always wanted to be a writer? And if you weren't writing, what would you be doing? Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I have sort of always wanted to be a writer I didn't think that would ever be like an actual real career choice for me um I was always writing like short stories when I was younger and just reading so much um and my my parents my mom my grandmas they were just so encouraging um for like reading and just you know me just writing stories on my computer in my room um but, you know, when I got into, like, high school going into college and you you hear everyone talking, okay, like, you know, choose your career. Like, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to major in in college? And I was just like, well, what's what should I do? I still love writing, but... Um, what did you end up majoring in? Um, I had a few different majors in college. Um, I switched three times. <laughs> um, I was in journalism first because I was like, that seems like something, like, you write 
for a living when you're a journalist. Um, but it just, I quickly learned it wasn't for me. And then I switched to um, our, my college had a program called Radio Television Film, RTVF. And the only thing I really wanted to do within that um, that major was write scripts and learn how to write scripts, but I couldn't get into a script writing class until I did all these other classes, and I was like, I don't think I'm interested enough to take like all these other classes just for one class and then to major in it. So after I kind of came to that realization, I uh, switched to English creative writing. And I was like, this makes more sense for me. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but um, I, you know, I loved, you know, taking literature classes and creative writing classes, classes and, uh, you know, nonfiction writing and poetry and fiction writing classes. So um, it took me a while in order to like carve out that career path and just learn, because you, you know, you go to a bookstore and you see, um, and like, oh, there's authors on a shelf. How did they get there? How are they writers? And so right. it took me a while to learn that people can do that as a career. Yeah. How did you I come mean, to I that have, I mean, moment? I feel like I've talked to a lot of writers who felt this, where we grew up reading so many books, but you don't actually think it's a career that you could have, you know, or like, I remember just thinking that other people write books for a living and there's no way that I'm going to get to do that. Yeah. Um, and I started writing my senior year of college. I was an electrical engineering major. Wow. And I had to take an elective and I, I got sucked into writing um, that way. But I really didn't think that I could make a living doing this. And, you know, it just didn't seem practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there is something missing, when we, especially when we have creative writing classes where we don't sort of teach the business of publishing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like if you're good at art, you should be able to make a living at it, right? And yeah. people should want to pay for it and stuff like that. Um, but it's sort of missing in the in our education. Yeah. yeah. Just like how, and even now, it's it's still, I think, some parts of publishing are you're very like in the dark yeah. about things yeah. and until someone kind of tells you like, this is what's happening behind the scenes. Right. I'm curious, how did you go from electrical engineering to writing novels for a living? Right. So there was this boy, right? <laughs> which is like the way many stories start, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I was an electrical engineering major because I was good at math in high school. And um, and then my senior year, at, I went to Cornell and they make you take an elective outside of your major. And I, I took creative writing because I thought it would be easy because I was obnoxious, right? <laughs> and it really wasn't easy. And I wrote really bad, like just poetry and stories and stuff about this boy that did not love me at all. Like I was just suffering through unrequited love. Um, and I got sucked into writing. Like I fell out of love with a boy, but I fell totally in love with writing. Oh and that is how it began. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Well, that boy, forget about that. <laughs> All right. Okay, so other genres for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would ever do anything? Well, you did a mystery. And yeah. You did a paranormal. Yeah, right? like Any the... sci-fi, horror, anything else in your future? I am so just intrigued by people I feel like fantasy is a hot genre right now especially in YA um, and with the Game of Thrones yes (laughs) Um, but I am just so in awe of people who can write a fantasy novel because it's so much world building and that's something I'm not good at and 
I know it's one of the things I'm not good at because with that dystopian book, a lot of the, <laughs> the feedback was that I just don't feel like this world is like fleshed out enough. But I, I really love her characters, so I guess that's why you know I'm a contemporary right now. But um, do you read a lot of fantasy? Or I do. do. You read outside yeah, of contemporary. Um, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then also sci-fi too, because you're literally creating a universe, not just like a world but like a whole universe of like planets and so it's just like really amazing to me and I don't I would maybe love to give it a try one day but I think I don't think I would be very good at it well I don't know I think you'd be good at it it's just one of those things right you just you had to read a lot of them and then yeah write you, a few bad ones yes then, then. you write a lot of you write contemporary your books yeah. are contemporary yeah. what would you write if you wrote another genre um, I would write like a like a fantasy science fiction book because I might be writing one with my husband who's back there right now. Oh, <laughs> so exciting! <laughs> but I love fantasy. Oh yeah, I love reading it. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's any good, but we're having fun writing it. Yeah. Anyway, one of my favorite books as a kid was Ella Enchanted, and it's like oh, this yeah. like fantasy, like princess fairy tale world. So I think that's like probably one of the reasons why I still like love right. fairy and fantasy. Different levels too, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like super technical. Like, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be Star Wars or. Yes. Yeah. It could just be light. It could, yeah. yeah. It can be like a little enchanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that you are seasoned um, writer, <laughs> well, we're like well into your launch. Okay. <laughs> um, if you say so. <laughs> what advice do you have for writers starting out? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think all advice really is um, subjective, so um, I guess take it or leave it, but just write, um, write every day if you want, don't write every day, um, but I guess come, if you want to write something, um, yeah, just, just do it and write the thing, um, I think the second piece of advice would be, um, also read a lot, um, I think that's a piece of advice that gets given often, but I think the more you read, especially, like, within whatever genre you're writing, it's going to, like, make you a better writer, in some ways. So, what would be your advice? Because you are a more seasoned writer than I am. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, You gotta have faith, I guess. I don't know. Um, You know, every book is different, and every time you write a book, you get to a part in the middle where it just is terrible. Yeah. Um, And and you're just sort of convinced that you are the worst writer that ever lived. Um, And I guess my advice is survive that. You know, survive that middle part because it is the only way to get to the end. Um, and having just barely survived it on this third <laughs> book, uh, you know, it, eventually it gets done and then you get to revise it, which is actually where books get made. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, or for me anyway, that's where a book gets made. So the yeah. first draft, you just like make it through. Make it through all that doubt because mm-hmm. doubt is part of the process. And even though I say that and I know it in my head, it doesn't feel like that in my heart when I'm writing and it just terrible yeah um, but if you make it through then you get to revise yes right and you get to make a book yeah, so, that's really good advice because yeah. I feel like yeah that's something I don't think it's talked about a lot is just like how full of doubt in yourself you are and yeah especially like when you're getting like tons of rejections you're like is this did I really like choose the right career path like right. am I good enough to be like on a shelf I don't know <laughs> yeah like if you really need to get um and I'm told that you're the awesomest writing is not the best game. <laughs> right, because it just is miserable mostly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what was the last book you read and loved? 
Um, oh my gosh, there's so many good books coming out this year. Um, one that came out this year, I think this month actually, um, is called The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. Yeah. And it's, um, it's told in verse. And she's the slam poet, isn't yes. she? Yes. Yeah, not read that one yet. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's about um, a young Latina girl and from Harlem, and she is just kind of finding her voice through slam poetry, basically. And it's yeah, told in verse, and it's just so so good. And uh, yeah, it just like hits you right in the feelings, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, there's so many good things out right now. Yeah. yeah. I just read, because you lent it to me, yes. um, Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. Yes, um, that's a great one. Oh my God, this book is ridiculous. It will ruin your life. I'm telling you now. Like, just clear your schedule if you get it and sit there because you are done for it. Um, you might have seen the cover because it's in a gigantic poster, like on billboard on a Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. So it's it's this great. Yeah. Really good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, so this is my very, very... Well, no, I have one more question before my serious question. So what are you working on right now? Um, I am working... It's, like, very early stages, but it's, yeah, another contemporary young adult novel. Can That's, you say anything about I it? I can't or? really say right. anything about it, but... Yeah, publishing is weird because it's very secretive, right? So we Can you say anything about no, your I third can't. book? No, I, I really want to know. Right. For me. My editor will kill me, right? And yeah. I, I enjoy living, so no. <laughs> um, all right. like, you'll find out one day when it's on a shelf. All right, so I read on your site that you like pineapple on your pizza. <laughs> And I want to know why you would deface pizza in this way. <laughs> Nicola, it is great pizza no. topping, yes. I disagree. It's so poor. No. <laughs> it is delicious. I feel like you should so try you it. Like ham and pineapple, like the Hawaiian Yeah, style? it's so great. You know, you get your sweet and salty. No. So <laughs> God, okay. I love you up until this moment. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, I'm leaving. <laughs> All right, so I have um, come to the end of my prepared questions. And did I mention how much we like questions from the audience? <laughs> so because now is the time. Oh, look, lovely, lovely young woman. Hello. Uh, hi, May. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I think you've written such a, like, an emotional touchstone book. Thank you. Um, what were your, like, touchstone books, like, the ones you kind of kept going back to when you were a kid or when you were a teenager? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think one of like the major ones. Um, does ever anyone know who Francine Pascal is? She wrote the Sweet Valley High books. Um, she also wrote this other series called Fearless, um, and it's about a girl born without the fear gene, and she just kicks so much butt in New York City, um, and she's just like fierce and badass, and obviously unafraid because she does not have the fear gene. Um, and there's like 40 <laughs> books in that series. Have you not heard of the series before? It is so great I promise it's good so I read that like in middle school and like high school because like it's, there's like 40 books in the series um so yeah it's Wait, it was you read them all I read them all wow yeah I needed to know what happened and it just kind of like looking back now and reading does she die in the end no no 
No. <laughs> but the CIA is after her because they want to they want to get her blood to turn it into like a drug so other people can be fearless. I promise it's really good. I'm, I'm going to go home and read this. You should. Today. I remember um, like God, I think it was like early 2000s. Um, the C CW or WB was gonna. You know, do you know this series, Bridget? <laughs> they were gonna make it. They shot a pilot. They, Online, you can watch it. <laughs> yeah. The, oh my God, she just changed your life. You, um, wait, Bridget. who was who was the star? Rachel. Rachel Lee Cook was going to be the star. They shot the pilot episode, but it didn't get picked up. So you can watch. But they, so in the book series, she's in high school, but in the pilot, she's like an adult already working for the CIA. So I don't know if I would have like loved it if it had been like a TV show. But I remember at the time being so excited. I was like, this is going to be a TV show. And then it didn't get picked up. All right, so your touchstone book is about the girl without the fear. Details. Yes. Okay. Good. So. Excellent. <laughs> More questions? Yes. Hello. For both of you, you guys both write books with such heavy topics, but you tackle them with such hope and optimism. Was that something you set out to do, or did it just happen because that's what you wanted, who we are, and what the story wanted to be? Yeah, that's good. I'll let you take it first. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad, um, I, I really do try to put hope in them. My least favorite thing about, like, some adult literary books, and not all adult literary books, is that they feel very hopeless, um, and, and I think that's not true, actually, um, and so I definitely try to put hope into my books, and I'm an optimistic sort of person anyway, right, so... I feel like even in the bleakest of situations, uh, the human instinct to survive is really, really strong. Um, and that's really based on hope. So that's just sort of like um, my bent in life. Like that's my philosophical bent. Um, and I hate adult literary books. I don't have any hope. <laughs> like I'm not bashing adult literary. I kind of am a little bit. Um, but yeah. And then, yeah, I guess for me, um, it was an intentional choice to make it a hopeful, and I kind of knew from the beginning it would be because um, one of the, like, sparks in, in the very beginning when I had this idea was um, about, like, a father-daughter relationship that was on the mend, and I wanted it to kind of have, like, that hopeful ending and not, like, a depressing one, um, because I think, like, not everyone who suffers from alcoholism, it not... Not all stories, you know, are just very depressed and, um, you know, take a negative turn. There's, like, so many people um, who, you know, get help they need and, like, really, you know, choose to, like, mend those relationships with people. And I wanted Kira's story to be one of those. Oh. Laura? <laughs> How much did your book change, like, yeah. Um, it didn't really change too much. Um, as for the title, um, one of the things was I, I had first, when I was first starting the idea, I was saving it under the title, Welcome to Our Home, and then I decided I don't really like that, so I just started saving it under 12 Steps to Normal, because at that point I had gotten to where she creates her own list. And when I sent it to my agent, I was like, here's here's some chapters, here's the synopsis, and I'm just calling it this for now, and I'm, we can think of another title later or something. And she's like, no, I like it, let's keep it. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so that stayed the same, and then when I 
started working with my editor when I had our first phone call, she was like, yeah, I really don't think anything it needs to go under like heavy revisions, um, but I would like to add a few more scenes to make a few more characters stronger and um, just like have you write a little bit more. And I was kind of afraid because it was already like 320 pages at that point. I was like, I don't want it to be like too long. Are you sure you want me to write like more? And she's like, yeah, like here and here and here. So the only thing, yeah, that really changed a lot was just adding more to it and expanding the story a little bit. Four questions. <laughs> Yay. Bridget. Um, what is your favorite way to get through writer's block or when you find that you're stuck in a story or in this book? Yeah. I would love to hear your answer. <laughs> I, I honestly play a lot of video games. That is my like, that is my way out. Um, and it's really just so I'm not thinking about the thing um, sort of straight on, you know? Like, it's just sort of marinating. Um, yeah, so video games. I build Lego a lot, like a, like a lot of Lego city sets. I love those, and my husband buys me a lot of them, right? So I have, like, giant Lego sets. Um, so, yeah, I, usually for me, writer's block is... I basically have done the wrong thing. Like, I made the characters do or say something that they really wouldn't say. Um, and so it ends up being that I have to just delete because they said the wrong thing, they did the wrong thing, that's not actually who they are. So I end up deleting back to where they are being true. And then I am able to continue. So writer's block is usually not, I'm not inspired, it's just I just did the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then remember when I said I was afraid of like cutting anything? I feel like I'm in the same way. It's you kind of have to like work backwards and be like, where did where did the story get stuck, and like what do I need to change or cut in order for it to move forward? And I think like also if I've been like staring at the computer or like writing too long, and I I'm just feeling tired and frustrated with writing, um, that's a sign for me that I need to like step away, either like go take a shower or go walk my dog <laughs> or just like get away from the document for a bit and then give myself space to think and then come back to it refreshed and you find sometimes you have like more ideas or you, you can find a way to fix it, so... Yeah. yeah, I mean it is a little scary, right? Sometimes when you you look at it and you're like, yeah. I just am stuck and I don't know. Um, and again, it's one of those things where you just sort of have to realize that the doubt and the insecurity and the uncertainty is part of it. Um, but it's a hard thing to to believe in yeah. when, when you're stuck in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. More questions? Come on. Yes. So when does the confidence and the self esteem and the Right now, is that when it becomes part of the process, or do you ever get to that point where you feel? Oh, I, I feel like a fake all the time. Even now, I'm like I'm not a real author. I don't know. Like I just have such imposter syndrome all the time. Like I'm not supposed to be here. You made a mistake. Like maybe that'll change, but I don't. D has that changed for you? It really, it really doesn't. Like I mean, honestly, like I wish I could say it did. Um, and especially now, I mean, like, right now, I think it's been almost, like, two years between books, which in young adult is sort of a long time. And so I, and I go to things, and I talk about the books a lot, but I'm not, I'm, and now I am writing it, right? But there was a while there when I was not writing, and I was traveling a lot, and I was like, oh, my God, all I do is talk about writing without actually doing it. Um, and you do start to feel like... It's just a fake, and <laughs> someone's gonna figure it out, and and I'm gonna have to go back to working in finance, which is like 
my worst nightmare, which is what I used to do before. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean, there are days where you go, oh yeah, I am doing this, and you feel good, but they really are sort of... It's not every day. Like yeah. It's mostly, mostly you feel like this, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's better than finance. Yes. By a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I did like basically sales right after college. So right. I, I knew it wasn't like in the long term, but I was like, I don't know what else I can do. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so. mean, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I think as writers, we're sort of predisposed to feeling sort of like this all the time. Uh, the act of writing is basically constantly questioning things. I think you're going to feel like that just a lot. Yeah. What do you guys think the hardest part of writing a book is? Like for anyone that's a great question. Um, I think for, I guess I can only speak for myself, but for me, sometimes like staring at a blank document is the scariest part because then you have that like self doubt and like oh, like how can like what do I even write? How how do I begin? Like how do I make it like so great? Like, and then you just you, I don't know just second guess yourself. Um, and it's not until you start just keep going and trying not to like let those voices overtake you, but. Um, yeah, I, I guess I would say for me at least, um, since I have had to stare at like a blank document <laughs> recently, it's like, can I do this again? Like, I don't know. Even and even if you're just like first starting out too, it's like, what am I doing? Like, where do I even go? But just yeah, just write and keep and keep doing it. And you have you have that story within you, and it's gonna come out. Yeah, what would I mean, you say? Yeah, I mean, I do think that the doubt is. Like the biggest thing that you have to overcome. Um, but, you know, I do think practically writing is, um, it's a muscle like anything else, right? It just requires practice. Um, and so that you have to keep doing it, right? You know, and so you will get better at it. There is a craft as well as the art and then, the, you know, sort of the inspiration that you get to. But the inspiration doesn't come unless you're sitting there doing it and it then, and you if you're not good at the craft of it, like if you don't know how to make, it, make this character seem like you know they're confused or whatever, then you're not going to get all the other stuff that's on top of it, right? So, you know, it, it, there are some practical aspects where you just have to practice your craft. You have to like work that muscle too. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, write as much as you can. I don't believe you have to write every day, but I do believe you have to write. Yeah. Mike? <laughs> uh, you mentioned that in college you were interested in maybe writing uh, scripts for film and television. Yeah. That's something you still think about. I do, especially here in LA. Um, cause it seems like, yeah, that's what a lot of people do, and I've always been interested in it. Um, the thing for me, though, is like I feel like I know how to write a story. I just don't really know. I'm not familiar at all with like the script format because I never got to take that class in college. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, maybe one day like I will take a class and learn how to write a script or find someone who knows how to write a script. But yeah, it's it's something it's something that interests me because it's yeah just another way of telling a story. 
I don't know. Were, were you involved in the script writing process for Everything Everything? No, no. I got to give notes on the script, mm-hmm. but I did not write it. I mean, I guess I ended up writing like some of the ending scenes at the later stages. But oh my gosh. like I'm, no, I'm crap with like, <laughs> like I just don't think that way. I basically think in monologue, right? And I just think I don't. I do not think in like pictures and stuff yeah. like that. I'd be bad at screenplays. So was it weird to read your book in that that format, or did you just like, oh, okay, this makes sense for? This no, I mean, format. it is weird. Yeah. Because yeah, someone else is, like, taking your stuff and making it different. But I often talk about, like, one of the best moments from reading the Everything, Everything script was there's a scene that's in the movie and in the screenplay that I did not write. And I thought, oh, my God, I wish I'd written that. Oh, my God. And that was the best moment because it was like, oh, someone else made art from the thing I made. Yeah. And that was really nice. And that's um, really cool that you liked yeah. it, too. No, I really liked it. No, yeah. I've been really lucky because it could have been crap. Yeah. But it was not. Um, but yeah, I would not be good at screenplays. No. <laughs> My brain doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, May. What's your favorite part about writing? You know, about, like, yeah. Um, I, I love that you asked that. <laughs> I feel like we've been like, oh my God, it's terrible. Yeah, it's, it really isn't. I think like when you get into that, I think the magic moment is like when you get into that groove and everything's working and everything's clicking and you're just, you know, have your headphones on and you're so in the zone and every, yeah, everything's like working and you just feel that like, oh, this is something I love doing and the story is coming to life. And yeah, that's like, I think the fun, like magic moment part. Yeah. I mean, I think towards the end of revisions for me, things start to feel true, and that's when it's good, right? So, like, I feel like, oh, yeah, you totally would say that, and you are motivated in that way. So, it starts, that's when it starts to feel true, and I don't, it doesn't feel like I'm forcing it. Um, but that's for me in the revision process, right? So, clearly, I, am, I love revision way more than I like first drafting. Um, when I'm in revision, I'm like, oh, this is what writing is, really. Um, yeah, and it's truth. Do you have an answer to that question? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have a notebook. Um, like I, I have moleskins, right? And I have ideas number one, ideas number yeah. two. And I just write, write all the ideas down. And anything I end up going back to a lot is a thing that turns into like a short story or a short short or into a book. Um, but I have lots of ideas that never go anywhere, right? So like I, I will reread them maybe a month later. I'm like, what was I thinking there? I have no idea. Um, but the ones I keep going back to, I start fleshing out. So that's how it works for me. It's yeah. like, and I'll write them on my phone too. I'm like, oh, what about this? Um, that's how it sticks for me. Yeah, and also, like, writing is so subjective because it's, like, first you have to find an agent who loves it, and then your agent has to find an editor who loves it and is, like, so passionately that they want to, like, edit it and publish it. Um, Yeah, um, so I think, like you were saying, when you find an idea and... Yeah, if you keep coming back to it, or if you just enjoy writing it, like, I I really didn't think 12 Steps to Normal was going to sell, but I was having so much fun with it, and I really, like, loved the voice, and I loved writing it, and 
Yeah, like it's so subjective. So if it's something you're drawn to, like just go for it and keep writing the story. I mean, it's kind of one of those things that's hard though, right? Because you do actually want to be able to do this thing, right? Like make money at it and, you know, sort of make yeah. a living, right? And so you, people always say, don't think about the business aspect, but and part of you really just sort of has to, right? So, um, but I mean, it is true that you have to be able to, you have to live with this thing for years, right? While you're writing it, when it comes out, when people ask you about it, right? So you... Yeah, you have to feel some passion for it. Um, but, you know, you do have to have a little bit of business savvy in, in your head. Um, but, which is not to say you should write towards a trend, but mm -hmm. maybe don't write the most obscure story in the entire world, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh -huh. Chris? So I have a question. Uh, you mentioned voice. Uh, so I'm curious about, uh, you know, since you do a lot of character development in a lot of these stories that you guys are working on based on the genre. Uh, how much, what's the ratio of how much you inject yourself into the writing versus how much you try to inhabit, let's say, a character you're building and letting them kind of uh, do the talking for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think like none of, I think like all of my characters have like a tiny piece of me, but especially with my main character, it's like, this is not a mirror of myself, but she has some of the same like emotions and feelings that I have gone through um and I think that's a way to make it that I feel like it's a little bit authentic I guess I don't know what would you say um I mean I think it's true that most writers have a little bit of, of themselves and everything um in anything you do like one of my favorite characters is from my second book and he's completely evil and I am not evil at all like I'm a really nice girl uh, but it was really fun to write and I've known some evil people um, I'm a people watcher right so I'm like the girl at Starbucks that's watching you have an argument with your girlfriend and I'm like taking notes and I'm really paying attention um, and I like really want you to argue some more so I can listen anymore <laughs> Um, so that's really where I get most of my, I, I really enjoy sort of watching people and, and the way they say things and the way they say one thing but really totally mean the other thing. Um, so I think that's where I get most of my stuff from. One last question? Yes. Uh, a few minutes ago, Ferry talked about uh, when things were going well and firing on all cylinders and you, you found your groove and you had headphones on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was probably like some alternative rock or like throwback emo music, honestly. <laughs> um, I, I'm the type of writer, I, I can listen to music with words. Um, in some cases, if I'm like really have to concentrate on a scene or if I'm stuck, I'll like switch to music that is, you know, lyricless. But for the most part, if I'm like just writing something, I, I can write with music on. Are you the same way? No, I, I definitely get distracted. So yeah. I have like thunderstorms, like um, a soundtrack. I love that too. too. Yeah, that's soothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess a part two. Do either of you have sort of a, a, a ritual where you've got to listen to the... You were successful yesterday. Uh -huh. uh, do you try to recreate the moment, listen to the same thing you were listening to, or any little OCD thing to try to capture the magic again? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I have like a ritual like that, but I am like, 
an obsessive like song repeater. So if I'm like really connecting to this one song, I will just play it over and over and over and write to it like the same song for like an hour. That's I think would be the only thing in my case. Do you have any yeah, pre-writing I mean, I this, rituals? I do the same thing every time. So I, there's coffee involved. There's my yeah. headphones. There's the th- the, the um, thunderstorm soundtrack. Um, when I'm revising, I eat a lot of kettle corn, like an <laughs> absurd amount of kettle corn, um, and pretzel sticks, weirdly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely believe in the ritual, like because when I put my headphones on and I turn it turn on that soundtrack. I know I'm supposed to be writing. You know, it's like a trigger. It's weird. It's like Pavlovian almost. So I'm like, oh, I'm writing now. And then I take it off and then not writing. Yeah. Thank you guys for the questions thank and thank you for coming. <laughs> and thank you to Nicola. Also, there are, I think, more cupcakes up here. And I have my book that I would like you guys all to sign. Please sign my copy. And there's candy and drinks. But thank you for coming. <laughs> You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.